Hello, and welcome to the Daily Catholic Catechism Podcast. My name is Dan, and it's a pleasure to have you here. It is June 20th, and we will be reading paragraphs 1333 through 1340 today. And we are right in the middle of our uh, section on the Sacrament of the Eucharist. Today we're going to talk about the Eucharist and the economy of salvation. It's a long section, so we'll uh, continue that tomorrow as well. And we begin, as always, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Roman numeral three, the Eucharist and the economy of salvation. The signs of bread and wine. At the heart of the Eucharistic celebration are the bread and wine, that by the words of Christ and the invocation of the Holy Spirit become Christ's body and blood. Faithful to the Lord's command, the church continues to do, in his memory, and until his glorious return, what he did on the eve of his passion, he took bread. He took the cup filled with wine. The signs of bread and wine become, in a way surpassing understanding, the body and blood of Christ. They continue also to signify the goodness of creation. Thus in the offertory, we give thanks to the Creator for bread and wine, fruit of the work of human hands. But above all, as fruit of the earth and of the vine, gifts of the Creator. The Church sees in the gesture of the king-priest Melchizedek, who brought out bread and wine, a prefiguring of her own suffering. In the Old Covenant, bread and wine were offered in sacrifice among the firstfruits of the earth as a sign of grateful acknowledgment to the Creator. But they also received a new significance in the context of the Exodus, the unleavened bread that Israel eats every year at Passover commemorates the haste of the departure that liberated them from Egypt. The remembrance of the manna in the desert will always recall to Israel that it lives by the bread of the word of God. Their daily bread is the fruit of the promised land, the pledge of God's faithfulness to his promises. The cup of blessing at the end of the Jewish Passover meal adds to the festive joy of wine in an eschatological dimension, the messianic expectation of the rebuilding of Jerusalem. When Jesus instituted the Eucharist, he gave a new and definitive meaning to the blessing of the bread and the cup. The miracles of the multiplication of the loaves, when the Lord says the blessing, breaks and distributes the loaves through his disciples to feed the multitude, prefigure the superabundance of this unique bread of his Eucharist. The sign of water turned into wine at Cana already announces the hour of Jesus' glorification. It makes manifest the fulfillment of the wedding feast and the Father's kingdom, where the faithful will drink the new wine that has become the blood of Christ. The first announcement of the Eucharist divided the disciples just as the announcement of the Passion scandalized them. This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? The Eucharist and the cross are stumbling blocks. It is the same mystery, and it never ceases to be an occasion of division. Will you also go away? The Lord's question echoes through the ages as a loving invitation to discover that only He has the words of eternal life, and that to receive in faith the gift of his Eucharist 
is to receive the Lord himself. The Institution of the Eucharist The Lord, having loved those who were his own, loved them to the end, knowing that the hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. In the course of a, of a meal he washed their feet and gave them the commandment of love. In order to leave them a pledge of his love, in order never to depart from his own, and to make them sharers in his Passover, he instituted the Eucharist as the memorial of his death and resurrection, and commanded his apostles to celebrate it until his return. Thereby he constituted them priests of the New Testament. The three synoptic gospels and St. Paul have handed on to us the account of the institution of the Eucharist. St. John, for his part, reports the words of Jesus in the synagogue of Capernaum that prepare for the institution of the Eucharist. Christ calls himself the bread of life come down from heaven. Jesus chose the time of Passover to fulfill what he had announced at Capernaum, giving his disciples his body and his blood. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover meal for us, that we may eat it. They went and prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he sat at table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I shall not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after supper, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. By celebrating the Last Supper with his apostles in the course of the Passover meal, Jesus gave the Jewish Passover its definitive meaning. Jesus' Jesus's passing over through his Father, by his death and resurrection, the new Passover, is anticipated in the Supper and celebrated in the Eucharist, which fulfills the Jewish Passover and anticipates the final Passover of the Church and the glory of the Kingdom. Thus ends our reading today from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The website is dailycatholiccatechism.com and you can email me at dailycatholiccatechism at gmail.com. God bless you all and may these teachings handed down by the Apostles of Christ strengthen your faith and lead you to everlasting life. Amen.